you're here to make a difference, it's our job to help you do that. Welcome to the Impact Driven Entrepreneur Podcast, the podcast that helps you to build a thriving coaching company by becoming a thriving, impactful CEO. We do that through the Impact Formula methodology. And what this means is that you're going to be selling out your offers, scaling beyond one-on-one into group programs, and leveraging a team so that you can exponentially increase your income and slash your work week. It's time to experience the true income, impact, and freedom you deserve. Welcome back. Today, I have my friend Obehi Alifoje from Aurora Wellness, and we are going to be chatting all about sales workflow automation and really getting your sales system up and running and to a point that you feel comfortable with it in terms of bringing in sales and leads. And of course, this is a friend chat, so we're just going to be talking about our experience and transparently share with you. So welcome, Obehi. Hi, welcome. I'm happy to be here, Mariana. So good to see you again. <laughs> yeah, great to see you. Do you want to introduce yourself real quick before we start? Yeah, that's a good idea. My name is Behi Alifoje and I'm a psychologist and mental wellness uh, consultant and a productivity coach. And I have a business with my cousin. We run a company called Aurora Wellness. We're based in the UK and uh, we support directors and people managers with uh, mental well-being solutions to ensure employee engagement and happiness in the workplace. So that's what we do, really. We're consulting team. Love it. So happy to have you here and um, share. So tell us a little bit, I guess we'll start with, so we have topics that our Mm. team puts down as bullet points to chat about. So we'll start with the first one, repeat revenue. So do you want to go first? You want me to go first? No, you go first. Okay. So the first, <laughs> this, okay, this is such an important, like star highlight underline and share with all your friends on this one. So repeat revenue is so important for a business. And when I started really looking at the strategy for my own business, what I noticed is all the biggest businesses have some format in, if not multiple formats of creating repeat revenue that either comes through having the customers come to you and buy from you more than once or creating something that they can buy over and over again, the same people, and then also share with people. So repeat revenue is such an important thing. And so for me, when I started working it in my coaching company, I decided, okay, I want this to be something that one, that they are purchasing for an extended period of time and that they can just continue buying and it's easy for them to continue to stay in the program. Okay. And then the second way is obviously through referrals and getting their friends in. What about you? How do have you guys use that? Um, So our one, because we work in corporate companies and stuff, repeat come from where we work with one company. We might work through multiple ways. So we might work with one company and say, okay, yes, can we have mental well-being um, workshop for the whole general population for everybody? So that might be one way that they get us in. So part of an all-hand event or something like that. So it might be that. And then they might go, oh, right, right. We would obviously follow up. We always, this is the trick though, we always provide a post-workshop debrief with the hiring sponsor. So Mm. if it was HR or the director, whoever hired us to do the work, 
we would have scheduled a post-mortem, frankly, afterward, mm -hmm. which allowed them to give us feedback about what went on, how people responded to it, and what come up since we last saw them. So that might be a week or two after the event. During that time, though, we will be asking what people wanted, and then they might go, a few people have felt really connected to that topic. They want more support around stress management. It is something that you can do. Yeah. And it will now be a smaller group and maybe a longer program. Or in a lot of cases, for this signature program that we have, it's the, it's the industry for managers. So it's training managers how to support their team members because that's more cost effective for the company to do than to train every single person in an organization. So that's one way we will get repeat business based on one product, which filters into another product, but for a different department or for a different type of uh, employee or, or team, that makes sense. So that's one way. The second way repeat is the referral. Mm -hmm. So we get referred to another company or, or even another team, really. So that kind of how the repeats tend to work. It's not the same product again, but it might be a upgraded version of the first product in the, in, in the first place. But I can see how the, we would probably get another where people will hire for the initial one again, because every year we have new team members, new staff yeah. will start their job. So there'll be a group of a population of the people who did not experience that first training or workshop, which means that we can provide that again halfway in the year or at the end of the year. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that would be a great one to do a campaign around, by the way. Okay. So now I think that's such an important conversation. And then I would just encourage the viewers to think about how you do this in your business and how brainstorming on how you can expand that, that piece, because it's so huge. And if you look all the big companies, whether you love them or hate them, have some very specific strategies for that repeat revenue. I recently have joined Michael's. Michael's, Join I don't what? know. Michael's the the craft store. The craft oh, store. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. No, so yeah. So <laughs> there's like a craft store. It's like basically art supplies. And I I love doing art for my hobby. So it's super fun. And I joined their mailing list for the first time when I went and purchased some canvases for some doing some paintings. And so I was like, sure, I'll join the membership, whatever. And so apparently within a month, I had already purchased enough that they were like sending me a credit for $10. So I went in there. I was like, sweet. I just earned $10. I'm going to go buy more paint. Of course. <laughs> like, of course what else are you going to do? Again. Yeah. You're like, then you keep buy buying more. more. Yeah. 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 And I spent the $10 and I spent, I spent over the $10. Then I had to pay extra. I chose to, right. But like, I wanted to buy more than the $10 and that brought me right back in being really strategic with your repeat revenue is huge. And I think just being aware and even seeing how other companies are doing it and then deciding how you want to do yeah, it. I, I, and I totally agree with that, especially when it comes to B2C, when you think about how people repeat buy, did they buy something they used before because it works well for them, but in the context of connecting with them after they bought the first product, it's asking for feedback, it's asking yeah. how they found the experience. That's another way of having that dialogue again for them to go, actually, yeah, I did enjoy it, but here's what was missing for me. Right. And for you to be able to go, oh yeah, we do have something that does that. It's just that we didn't know that's what you wanted the first time kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So I think it repeat business. I think a lot of people don't think about it as much as 
they should because they're usually yeah. looking for a new client at first to yeah getting the ones that you have and getting them to supporting them to be more effective with what you've sold them if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah. yeah and we've shared on this show many times the keeping an existing customer is six times cheaper than getting a new one and so when yeah. you go into it with that in mind you're like okay how can i provide the next level of service for this specific person and provide yeah. more value to this person. Definitely. Don't about the follow-ups as well. Yeah. Yeah. And then next we have super simple sales system. So how do we simplify sales? Because it can be very daunting for people. And especially because if, if it's something new to them or something they haven't done, or they're building the plane as they're driving it or flying, it, it can feel really complex when really, I think sales is very simple. So how can people start to simplify their process? What are some of the things you've done? Or it's so interesting about, you know? that we're talking about this now, because when I trained with you, you always said that, keep <laughs> it simple, it's not too complicated. But what was out there in the sort of online space? It seemed complicated, a lot of content, then you book calls, and then, but the assumption was that this call is the final piece, like mm. the closing must happen in this one call. It's not true. So to me, keeping sales simple means having conversations with people or with that perspective. In other words, somebody who is really interested in buying, someone who needs your product, somebody who just needs to understand it. What makes it simple is getting them to understand why they need it. They might need to understand it in a longer than one session or one conversation with you. So keeping it simple to me means allowing the, oh, can I get, can we talk again? Mm-hmm. What other questions have I not answered yet? What is the hold up? What is the objection you have? Those could take over, for us, for me in corporate that I do that now, can take over four or five conversations. Yeah. And four or five conversations can happen over three months, four months, six months. So I think making it simple is in, it's cleaning it. Who is the person you're talking to? Have you qualified them? That is it. Everything else is simple. And once they've decided to buy or they're on board with it, it becomes, well, where do they go and pay? How do they sign the contract? Those things need to be kept simple. Yeah. So that's how I see, I don't know if that answered that question, but I see a lot of the whole... There's a lot of uh, funnels and things, and I'm not sure that really gets the sale, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe just- I think, okay, so I love that conversation because what you're essentially saying is let the process take as long as it's going to take. Yes. You cannot push and rush. And I think um, that's the mistake of the online marketing space is the pushing, the rushing that you have to buy it now. And yeah, I heard count down. Yes, yeah, 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 that's not really no, it's just not. And I don't know how come we're still doing that because it's not actually working. The, the people are more savvy, they know yeah. when they're being sold to, they yeah. know when it's not, it's not honest. I just know, and then we then feel weird and icky because we know that which is not how we would want to be speaking to people or insisting people. So there's no way you're going to close someone in half an hour unless they know your product or they know what you're offering and they already came to buy. The half an hour right. is just a chat to say, to ask some certain questions. So the idea that your sales calls at 30 minutes and you expect closure makes me think that actually that was already a failed system. It, 
the probability of that working is is lower than if you allow for five conversations. Yeah. I don't know exactly. if that makes sense, but that's what that makes perfect sense in, in my head. I think that the way that the online marketers are able to do the closes in the 30 minutes is because all their content has done that pre-work already. Yeah. But the issue is that a lot of times content is just being made for content's sake mm-hmm. instead of with that intentional, like what I call surgical precision, right? Like mm. surgically precise, like I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to teach them about this and then yeah. doing it enough repetitions that people can absorb that content. That's how you could overcome that bridge. But I personally, we've had launches where halfway through the launch, I literally take down all the crap and the BS around, um, you have to buy by this date and you have to do this because it's not authentic. And everybody knows by this point in 2022, that if you are selling a digital course, there's more than a hundred options or seats in the digital Mm -hmm. course. Everybody knows that's freaking a lot. And you will sell it again. And you will sell it again in two months or whatever, six months, a year, whatever. (laughs) I have no problem with people saying, okay, I need to make a decision by this date because even in you as a, as a consultant or a coach, you're going to have to close, you're going to have to move on to the next phase of what you're doing. Right, so, like servicing so if, your clients, Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So if that's your marketing model or your business model, it's totally fine to say, I'm going to close though because I need to start focusing on the other part of the business thing. Yeah. That allows people to know, oh, okay, I need to make a decision. People do need to make decisions by giving a time. The reason why your that voucher you got from Michael will expire some, at some point. Those kind of things happen. You have to have some sort of date. But it's the lying, it's making it look like this is the last time ever. It's not the last time ever. Yeah. Dude, you sold this thing two months ago. I saw it two, and the, two months before that. <laughs> so right. it's not the last time ever. It might be in a, in a different context, but it's still the same products. Thank you. So that part makes it, it's like, oh, I can't be, yeah. I, I won't yeah. want to buy from someone because of that type of manipulative behavior. Yeah. So I think sales, what makes, let me go back to the original question you were talking about. Sales, keeping it honest, clean. Yeah. If you need too many hoops, it's way too much. How does somebody, how do you get to phone, on the phone with someone or get on the Zoom call with someone? That is the link. From yeah. there, is the conversation that tells you, do I want to speak to this person again? Is it, in, is it important for me to speak to them again? Are they the right person now? Do they fit the program or whatever course the program does consulting you're selling? If you're no longer fit, you let them go. Yeah. <laughs> you refer them to whoever. If they do fit, but you feel, I need to talk to you more about this because we're not doing the conversation we're having. I'm still not clear how this might help you. I'm not sure you're clear how it might help you. Can we book another call to talk about it again next week? Um, or when would be a good time to talk about it again? And then you have, because you're trying to get to know this person, especially if you're, you have a program, this small group program, you need to know who's in there before yeah. you let them in. I've had experience of that where I let somebody into a program and they were not the right fit and they nearly derailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and they had all these other important. issues. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that, that's what I was going to say about it. I hope that was helpful. In that. That's super helpful. And then what are the benefits of having a sales management system? So let's go back and explain what is a sales management system. Me, how I look at that is 
basically a way for you to keep track of these conversations. Because as we have come down to the simplest way to do it, sales is to have conversations. So yeah, you got to keep track of it, right? Because you're not going to remember 20, 30 people that you've had two to five conversations with and (laughs) it's in your head, right? On top of everything else that's already happening in your head. So let's ask you, like, how do you guys keep track of those conversations, the relationships, et cetera? Yeah, I won't lie. It's not the perfect system. We've got. It's not perfect. Um, so here's the thing. I think, <laughs> and I have worked with like really good salespeople. I don't think that salespeople can be the most organized people in the no. world. <laughs> no, I don't. And I don't think that plenty of people and plenty of people to sift through. Yeah. If you think about the amount of leads that are coming in. Yeah. But for me, one of the things that helped me anyway, we kind of use spreadsheet and HubSpot and Ingrid and I work differently and that's the other thing I have a business partner she's completely different productivity she likes a spreadsheet I don't like things that don't remind me that I need to do something with it yeah. <laughs> so if it's been a spreadsheet I could forget what the hell it was so I need mine to pop and remind me and say hey here's someone you need to follow up with there we go so I will have Asana at the moment to keep track of the lead I want to follow up with I can but my team in general we use HubSpot because that's where all the people we have connected with any email I write automatically goes into HubSpot personal leads but I'm not looking at HubSpot because I can't really go in there I just get lost in it and so when I'm thinking about okay who am I following up with this month I have a list. My team let me know. This is the list of people I want to follow up with. It's in my Asana. <laughs> it got a timer. <laughs> and then I follow up with that. It's not the smoothed of system in terms of the sort of organization of it. But I will say the spreadsheet work. HubBot works. Asana works. So the trick here is to find the thing that helps you and your team. We would want to get to a stage where we use, I uh, don't interesting talk about it now but we have the microsoft suite stuff that we're using but i don't like the um spreadsheet thing on microsoft it's not very interactive for me so that's why we're still using spreadsheet over here hotbot over here asana over there until we figure something out but we're still a young business four years but this is the first time we're really starting to set our systems up properly that might take a while for that to do but for me it's whatever helps you and to be able to keep track of the people that you're following up with and things like Eventbrite, when people are booking for our roundtables, it helps collate the data. How many people looked at it, how many people booked their name, email, and I can collate that all after a while. So it's okay where they are, it's just that I have to then be able to pull it out from different places to do what I need to do in a particular week or something. Yeah. So it's not perfect, like I said, it just did. I could have to find, I know where it is when I need to find it. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that the key that you're sharing here is that no system is ever perfect. And that is the key. If you think that your sales system is going to be like this magical, pristine thing, that's not the case. I have never seen it. No system ever is pristine or perfect. The fact that it's a system means it consistently needs minor tweaks and improvements. Yeah. And if you find a glitch, you stop, you stop and you fix it. However, at the end of the day, every single system has to do two things. And that's let you know what to do 
and you have to have time to work it because if yes. you don't work it, you're never going to do it. Yeah. So it, totally, it, I totally get that. that yeah. That makes perfect sense to me. I totally, yeah. it's when it comes to, because in a way, the system, what does it mean? It just means somewhere where I can store something, I can retrieve it, and mm -hmm. I can make sense of it. So yeah. I think that's, to me, that's what that means. I'm sure if I ask a project manager what that means, if I ask a project manager, she's going to give a different <laughs> definition different of definition. that. Yeah. yeah, a completely different <laughs> definition of that. It should not be in five places. It is for me because it worked for me. And I, yeah, so that's what I would just say yeah. there. <laughs> and I have to say, like in our system, we've done the same thing. Like sometimes there's something about this particular spreadsheet that works for us. There's something about it being in Notion that worked for us there. Like, yeah. so sometimes you do have to have multiple places. Multiple things. Otherwise you're not going to meet the needs that you want for that thing to work for you. And so for us, honestly, it's been the notion, the spreadsheet on notion. It's, I don't know. I don't know if it's a spreadsheet. I don't know how to describe it, but basically notion. I have a notion. Yeah. And that keeps track of the people and the conversation. But the fact that I have to do it has to go into our other systems, right? Like our time management system and like time blocking and the calendar. It's like you said, we need something to say, knock, knock, Mariana. Yeah, we there stop, we go. <laughs> stop painting and go over here and do sales. <laughs> yeah. Go over so, there and just do it that way. Yeah. Um, and of course, through, if we're doing it with a launch, it's a different energy to it, but the everyday mundane, like you got to follow up, you got to do, you know, this, that has to be scheduled in the calendar and be yeah. just a routine of your regular every day. And to me, that's the most important part of the system because you can have the most beautifully organized, pristine spreadsheet database thing and you didn't use it. It's no good. No. no good. It no. has to be based on the how did it help? How did it help you? Does it help yeah. you be more efficient? Is it helping you remember what task goes where? Is it helping you get things done? So to okay. me, if it's helping you get things done and it's not putting anybody else's nose out of joint, because it's one thing to have a system that everybody's chaotic, everybody finds chaotic and it's not helping them, then of course you bring up your whole company's productivity down. So it's about what works for each person. I'm all about individually. Um, individuality, yeah. what works for you personally. I've just discovered my my marketing assistant might be slightly dyslexic and we're to look into that. Can I just say you need to go look into that? It might be something. But she's not remembering where things are sometimes. Um, she was an intern and she's back at uni again. Is that kind of, oh my God. I'm like, okay, have you used Asana? And she was like, no, what is that? <laughs> like, okay, I will introduce you to Asana. And there it was, and they have her to-do list and my to-do list. The whole company, the rest of everybody else is not using Asana except both of us. And it because just allows you work. Yeah. Our brain work. I can set her schedule in. I can set what tasks. And if I remember, oh my God, I've got to tell her this thing. I could add it into her thing. So it becomes a system to work for us in that context there. So mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> it was interesting. I thought I'd share that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really helpful. And meeting the needs of the people using it is yeah. the key. Yeah. So how do people create a sales system? Like, how do they go about doing this? I can share what is what I look at. So I look at 
pre-qualifying, which you mentioned. Yeah. So that's like making sure that the people you're about to go talk to are the right people and having yeah. very specific guidelines. And we go this in way depth in our program, yeah. but like specific guidelines for you to know that this is the right person. Because yeah. if you're talking to, I heard this analogy recently and I was like, this is so good. So the, the analogy was, if you are a five-star chef at a high school cafeteria, there is no way that you can earn any more money than what you would make at a high school cafeteria. Yes. And the oh value, God, yeah, the value of that work, although it is the most delicious, scrumptious food, you are still going to have teenagers who are grumpy and irritable and hormonal don't eat vegetables. <laughs> yeah, and that don't eat vegetables critiquing your food. And so you could actually sit there in that and believe you are the worst chef ever. And that's when we start to internalize crap wow. because we are in the wrong environment. We are with the wrong people. And so it's not that they are bad people. It's that's not your target market. It's not your target audience. Yeah. No. So similarly to that in the sales system, it's that pre-qualification and making sure that you are in front of the right people, that you are speaking to the right people is everything because you can be beating yourself up. And this has happened to me in my, what are we on now? Seven and a half years of entrepreneurship where I have spoken to the wrong people and everyone's like, I can't afford your program. This is too expensive. What are all the objections? And I'm like, what's wrong here? Oh, I'm talking to the wrong people. And so I had internalized a lot of that crap thinking I was bad at sales that I was doing it yeah. wrong, et cetera. When the reality is I was just talking to people who were not at the right phase for the product that I was selling. And yeah. none of it had anything to do with me. No. Yeah. And honestly, oh my God, I so love that you said that. <laughs> about the, and that was a bloody good analogy, by the way. It's, it's about no matter what happened, Gordon Ramsay teaching in a high school or cooking in a high school cafeteria is not going to get five stars. No. Because he's going to cook, especially if he doesn't amend to the audience. If he keeps saying, oh, look at how I did it here, and he tries to bring it over here, the kids are going to say, we don't like vegetables. Why is the carrot soaked like that? Why the carrot look like that? So they're going to be asking this question because it's the wrong audience. And he's going to go home thinking, what a load of, that's the worst day ever. Yeah. And, and, exactly. So I totally get that. And I did feel that when I did the B2C stuff. I would, I got the people I thought would be the right people, but it's not what the interest was at the time in terms of productivity or mental well-being. I mean, for fine, everybody talks about it now. We think it's important, but everybody thinks they can DIY it themselves, which is fine because they can. They can go and call up a therapist and do all of that work. But when I shifted it to the corporate environment where an organization had to take some responsibility for people, so it became a whole different value. If an organization waiting for each individual person to go and find their own therapist and sort themselves out, their productivity is not on the person's dime, it's on their dime. So this is why yeah. they care. So all of a sudden, the value that we brought was different from what the value looked like when I did the B2C and turning to individual person or the independent business owner, for example. So that's yeah. what I, I love that really good analogy there. And again, so speaking to pre-qualifying, who are the people that you want? So I'll use my business as an example because I feel like it could give example, then it create context here. 
our pre-qualified lead, people that we want to work with who see the value in what we bring. It's not just any corporate business, by the way. So we're not targeting the big businesses, the one with 5,000 staff and 3,000 staff and have offices all around the world. Why? Because they have a procurement process. We don't want to go through procurement. We can't be asked to do that. So we yeah. spend time doing the small, medium, so people between 100 to 1,000 staff in employees in their, in their company, because they probably have one HR department with maybe two HR, one people manager and another person. So something where the decision maker is the only person in the room. And if that decision maker isn't the overall decision maker, it's one more person above, not several hands of people. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. So that allowed me to pre-qualify. So the company has to be this specific type of company in terms of the size. Now, the industry, very specific. For us, the people who we really got on with and liked it were tech companies because they have a younger workforce. Their pain is different. The younger workforce are the ones saying they have to use their noggin to work. They're not physically doing work in terms of yeah. building Especially a laptop in their hand. Yeah. It's up here. Creativity is here. So there's something wrong with here. They cannot function very well. Something wrong, you know, in terms of their mind and and mental well-being and all of that. So that tells me when you're pre-qualifying my lead, and when I tell my team, they're looking for small businesses between 100 to 1,000 staff or employee, is in the tech industry or manufacturing, which is the second industry. And I want to talk to HR director or I don't want to talk to HR advisor or anything like that. I want the big person, the person who is decision, whose job is it is to create a strategy. That's it. So I'm not getting on the phone with an advisor. Mm-hmm. So that tells me how I'm going to spend my time to pre-qualified lead. And then I invite them to a conversion event, which of course you told me how to have a conversion <laughs> event. But in the corporate, then like five, when we did BTC, it was webinars and a five-day challenge, remember? Yeah. And I kept thinking, what is our equivalent in the corporate? Like how, I don't want to do webinar. There's webinar in corporate, people do webinar. But I felt like the five-day challenge, there was something about having me and people interacting with me because they got to know, trust me, within that context. But we couldn't do five-day challenge for corporate. So what we did with instead was executive roundtables. So we have a small group, literally like six to eight people in the room, Zoom. We have a topic, we discuss it. We show our expertise by having an introduction about what we're doing. So that's the conversation, that's the conversion event. Then they, we invite them to book a call with us after this um, meeting. Literally a 90-minute, 60 to 90-minute roundtable discussion so that they can meet us. They meet each other as their peers who have similar problems and issues in the workplace. We try to get them to problem solve right there and there. And we say, we can't do it in 90 minutes, so you're going to have to call us later to talk about your specific company's need. That becomes the sales call. So that is the system. Sales calls, it goes over, they book calls, and then that call could last for five other calls because they're still trying to figure all the things that is required. So that's what I would say in terms of building a system. Qualified lead, the conversion event, the thing that helps them to make sense of the thing, the thing that allows them to show that they are the right people or the right company that you want to work with, and then inviting them for a call for deeper diving. So that's really what, to yeah. me, that's how I would create a service management system. Yeah, and I want to add, and 
although we started with repeat revenue, that's also at the tail end. So the yeah. sales doesn't stop there. You also do the repeat re- revenue yes. and then the upsells. So that's, that's the entirety of a sales system. You've yeah. like nailed it. So that's the entire Yay! process, right? I, I have nothing more to add. So yeah, yeah, that's really, that's exactly what it requires. And you have also exemplified customizing it completely for you, for your business, for your strength, for your market, for all of the pieces that it requires to actually implement a system. It's not, it's not something that is cookie cutter. And I think that's what people want so badly. If I could copy and paste (laughs) everything, I probably would copy and paste everything, but some things you just can't. You can. And some things you don't feel comfortable doing. Some things just don't work for you or maybe your audience isn't responding well to. Yeah. Right. So these are normal parts of it. But if you are set on, okay, I know I want a sales system that works for us and that can work consistently and repeatably, that's a sales system. And especially if you're looking at automating a sales system and and having your team do a lot more of the, the brunt work. That process requires creative problem solving within it instead of thinking that somebody else's business cookie cutter blueprint will fit in. That's why the way that we teach it is around these bigger like principles. It's not like you have to do this type of thing. It's okay. You need a conversion event. What is it going to be? Yeah. And I totally get that around. Because I know that people, like I said, I, I would admit, if I thought I could get away with a copy and paste cookie cutter, I probably would do it simply because it makes life easy. I think that's the reason right. why we, we get, especially business owners, especially if you're new in business, you gravitate to it because you've got other things going on. But what I wanted to clarify is that after doing this for four years, there's no, there's no fast route to this thing. You're going to have to talk to people. You're going to have to decide who you want to target you're going to find different people to target at the same time to figure it out that takes time you're going to a technique or a convergent event that worked one time and then stopped working all of a sudden but you don't even know what happened there that will all part of the process to it I'm not expecting that this is now safe what I've just discussed with you all that this stuff is working I'm expecting that in six months something will give because yes. they'll be like, oh, well, could, you know, we're, we're getting away with the online roundtables at the moment simply because of COVID. We were hoping to introduce the in, in-person roundtables, make it a more half-day breakfast type of thing, because we thought people would be tired of Zoom, Zoom fatigue at some point. Yes, they are. So we're going to get less people wanting to sign up to roundtables because it's still online and people are just sick of it. And so I'm, I'm expecting a dip in the number of people who will sign up for these roundtables. So I've had to increase the number of sign-ups. So for example, we would normally say 15 people, Eventbrite, maximum 15, knowing half of them would drop off. Remember, we only need six in the room. We prefer if it's six, because people talk really emotionally deep about the topic we're discussing. When there's a large crowd of people tend to be quiet and not really as engaged. But this January, we have a roundtable coming up and I've had to increase it to 20 because that means more people, I'm expecting more people to sign up, but then a lot of people would drop off because they're going to discover, I can't do Zoom today. I just can't. So I have to be, we have to be prepared for those type of stuff 
So nothing yeah. is fixed and you're always going to be trying something out, but it cannot, there's no cookie cut or anything. There are templates yeah. that you can use. And, and that goes now. back to there's no perfect system. Like you're always going to be making tweaks. Nothing is wrong with you. The It's not like the sky is falling. It's just that sales requires people and people go through phases, change their mind are affected by world events. That's just the reality of it. So Mm -hmm. being able to be flexible, moldable, and keep up the, yeah, basically keep creative problem solving, just keep going is everything. Yeah. Awesome. So where can people find out more about Aurora Wellness, find out more about you, connect with you and your team? Okay. On LinkedIn mostly. I'm on Facebook, so you can find me in person personally and happy to take a DM from you guys for sure. Don't worry about that. LinkedIn is where corporate people tend to find us. So if you're connected there, then connect with me as well. And just happy to be able to talk through anything. If you have questions at all, I'm quite open. I'm happy to chat. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Absolutely. Good to see you again. You too. <laughs> Get daily mindset strategy and support to grow your business for free. Join our community, the Coaching for Impact community on Facebook. Just go to impactdrivenentrepreneur.com community to join.